Hi everyone and welcome back to our show. Today with me I have not only one, but two guests, Voxy and Alec, and they join me to share amazing stories and amazing conversation about their experiences, the future, and what this version 2.0 looks like. There is great, great, great conversations to be shared. We are going actually to have a series of two episodes, so join us for part one. Let's go. All right. Okay. We are live. How are you doing, both of you? Alec, Vossi, how are you doing? Hey, Andre. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, very good, thank you. Although I'm a bit cold because I'm not, I'm not putting my heating yeah, on yet, so I've got a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm drinking very odd tea because it's raining a lot today here, so it's not the best day either outside. So lot, lot of... Scotland. This is Scotland, so <laughs> right. it's terrible. It's always terrible. <laughs> Okay, I'm not, I'm not that used to, to, to bad weather. So, guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I have to say that for me, it was super kind of refreshing when you guys launched your own project. And I have to say that it's super exciting to see more people doing it because even after that, I, I noticed a few others popping in and, in and out. So it's, it's great to see that more attention is put through workforce management in general. But I really wanted to start by everyone knowing a bit more of you. I know you did this in your first episode, <laughs> but I wanted to actually did test you? with a question, which is, are you able to introduce each other? Oh, not again. <laughs> I, I, oh, no, we did do this. I remember doing this and it was really tough, wasn't it? Um, it was go proper for it? impromptu, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the same drill again. <laughs> Yeah, let's just do it again, and I'll go first. There you go. How about that? Um, let's go. <laughs> so, Vossi Gordon, ladies and gentlemen, her birthday is tomorrow. I say happy birthday in the comments below. And uh, Vossi is a contact center expert. She is one of the most experienced and what's the word I'm looking for? Erudite speakers on contact centers that I've worked with what she doesn't know about using spreadsheets to get the result that you want isn't worth knowing. And what I like about working with Bossy is that we don't really do the same thing. Lots of folks that we talk to kind of see us as having a very similar skill set, but I can't do most of what Bossy can do at all. And so, yeah, if you're looking for someone to work with you on an operational basis to make your contact center work better then She's the person that you need. How's Amazing. that? Oh, thank you. Add to it, be please do. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Let's go, Marcy. <laughs> I don't blow my trumpet. So, Alec. So, Alec is a workforce WEM expert, um, especially in Verint. He knows Verint inside and out. He, whatever he doesn't know is not worth knowing about Verant. Honestly, I've never met someone who has that technical skill in such a way that Alec does. I think I've said before, one of the things with things like Verant and Nice and everything else is there's a whole suite of products within that and functionality. And I think Alex, the only person I've ever met who, know, who knows all of it and can configure it all. And that, and that is something that I've always challenged and to actually know someone now that I can go, ah, you need to speak to Alec. He'll help you with that. It's been amazing. And he is a proper, 
proper nerd. Amazing. <laughs> I have to say that you said exactly the same thing the last time you recall. Yeah, I think but I have to say that the, the facts that I, I wrote that I was expecting this to come up is I know someone that is a Muay Thai, Muay Thai, I don't Muay Thai. know. Muay Thai oh, expert. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> those are the ones. And crochet. That's well. Expert. That's you. So, those are the things I took, and, I, I, and there was the super nerd that I wrote as well. So I think I should, she nailed that one. Amazing, <laughs> guys! Once again, welcome, welcome to our show. So, to everyone kind of listening and seeing us, I think we have loads of interesting things to speak. Since like we have been debating and we were speaking offline about the future and what does that entails, but before we go to kind of like double FM nerdy stuff and we can speak about that in different details and different points of view which I think it's super fascinating I wanted to kind of like go a bit deeper on the introductions and I wanted to ask you for a fact that no one knows about you that you are willing to share just before we go just to make it more intimate with the a audience a fun fact or a... I, if you don't mind I can, I can tell you like a fact about me that most people don't know go on so then. I am obsessed with playing cards, as you can see. I collect mm -hmm. decks of playing cards because of the artwork, and I have a bit over 800. Wow. 800 playing cards. Decks of playing cards, yes, decks including those. I, I can just wow. very quickly, I, I always have them with me, so just to showcase. Like, wow. I always have like four or five with me. It's like, I, I'm obsessed with the, with the artwork. I even buy, I even, I'm probably one of the healthiest sponsors on Kickstarter. Every time there is a project, I'm like, there, whoop, let me check the artwork. <laughs> okay, nice. Awesome. So that's, that's me. That's my fun fact. Who wants to go I'll, next? I'll tell you my problem with this question is that I'm never quiet about any of the things that I do. I'm, <laughs> I don't tend to sort of like shrink in violet, like keep things secret. So most of the things about me, I usually just post about on LinkedIn and Twitter. But, but how about my wife is a professional musician and I play bass in her band. There's Whoa, an interesting non-WFM fact for you. That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. She's an amazing singer as well. So you have to check her out. Now I need to check her out. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Ed wrote that you love music and, and, and photography. That was for a later, oh. later potential topic, but it's amazing yeah. that everything is coming together. Boxy, you want to... Oh, well... That's interesting. What do I? <laughs> so, not a lot of people know that in 2015, I was regional semi finalist for Specsavers, a competition to become Specsavers Wearer of the Year. After I gave oh, no. Alec all of that <laughs> and I made fun of <laughs> his glasses, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a semi-finalist for Spectacular. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow, we, I, no, I didn't know that. So great, great fact. But nobody knew, there you go. This is yeah, amazing. Semi-finalist, semi regional so, semi-finalist. What happens yeah. now? Are you going to win? No, well, I didn't win. You I didn't, didn't win. win huh? But they, oh, gave, okay. they gave me some vouchers, some champagne, a bit of a photo shoot. Yeah. It's quite cool. How big was the competition? Like, is UK wide. Whoa. Yeah. That's impressive. I, I never heard of it, so amazing. <laughs> Get those pictures on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to get us started with kind of like more kind of WFM, I always ask the same question. I think you kind of answered it, but 
I always want to know perspectives. Like, how do you define or or basically how do you describe in your own words what workforce management means to you? Wants to take a step. Go, oh, Alec, do you want to go? Oh, you want me to take it? So, so the, this is a thing, right? It's changed from workforce management to workforce optimization and all of the different other WEM, etc. But workforce management originally was around how do you manage your workforce in the contact center environment so that you can forecast your demand and then schedule effectively and be more efficient with how you schedule them. So that's historically what workforce management would have meant to most people who started in the industry 20 plus years ago. But it's evolved since then, and I would say the the evolvement has been around the fact that it's everything to do with our contact centre agents. So, quality mm-hmm. management, speech analytics. You know, you the whole suite of how do you manage your workforce in the contact centre environment by making sure that you understand what's going on in your business, but also what's going on with your people as well. So I would say that it's it's all encompassing around Mm -hmm. your contact centre and what's happening. Oh, great. I think that was a great one. And and do you think (laughs) that it's it's becoming more human, the definition of what kind of double FM and what details? Yes, definitely. I I think engagement is really, really important now. Before when I started, when I started in 2000, in the millennium, it was all about cost efficiency, everything that you were doing. The reason why you put a workforce management system in was to reduce cost. How can we squeeze that scheduling efficiency so that it's, it's slickest point so that we had no fat in our business and you know customer service is a cost center right Mm -hmm. I think I've said that a number of times so it was it was sweat your assets whereas you know as time has evolved we know that attrition is a problem in the contact center so engagement of our people is really important because actually it costs us more to hire and keep hiring rather than retaining our people so let's use our workforce management in a way that we can engage with our people, you know, gamify some of their metrics, make sure that we reward them through performance and all of that kind of stuff. So the mm-hmm. the involvement of the of WFM has been huge in that sense of changing the dynamics of what we do within the contact center. Yeah. And and Alec to to kind of follow up on this question, what are you most excited about the future in workforce management and this kind of engagement, new kind of version of it? The, the direction of travel. I think uh, he's answered that question really well. I have nothing to add to it. The idea that it's now called workforce engagement management, which is still really new and maybe hasn't been picked up by everyone that, that I work with. Customers of mine at the moment are still saying, why has it got a new name? And I always tell them that it has a new name because this is an industry that is exciting to work in and it has a real future. And the reason it has a future is because of things like it has a new name. It, the new name tells us mm-hmm. that manufacturers and customers are all trying to push to push forwards, to evolve that envelope. Uh, evolve that envelope. I just, I just said that out loud. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, maybe, um, uh, uh, it's engaging with people now. We, like Monty said, it used to be about making everything cheaper and more efficient. And now it's mm -hmm. about saying to every one of those people, what, what do you need to enjoy working here? How can we make the mm -hmm. net score and the, all the engagement scores better for everybody? And, and it's really true that all the clients I work with are doing that to a greater or lesser extent. And, and I think that that's the bit that keeps me going. I, I wanted to use the phrase that workforce management is both an art and a science because I like that approach as well. I think that's part of what makes it exciting. It's not just an IT job where mm -hmm. you're just trying to make sure the lights are green. And it's not just an operational job. It's both of those things all at once. And, and success in that regard, it has to do both things at once. And that's what makes it exciting for me. Ooh, I like it. So, and, and, and I think this opens perfectly for kind of like what I was thinking, which connects with whatever you got, what all of you guys said, which is what's coming new, the excitement, kind of the humanification kind of like of the, the role, getting more attention to the employee. But still kind of like when we think about the basics, they, they still are all valid. It's just a different way of like thinking about like forecasting, planning and all the different steps, even the tools we use. And I wanted to kind of like get things started when we think about this future of workforce management, about how do you, how do you like, especially when we think about products and the products that we are available for everyone that does our job and trying to maximize efficiency and work on the, on the, with the planning, et cetera, et cetera, in the, within the tools. What do you think that will have the most impact in the current products? I mean... Some of the products have been evolving, especially trying to adapt to, like I mentioned automation in the beginning, but like, do you think that is kind of like a change in the work dynamics, like this hybrid work, remote work, office work, and the fact that can like continuously will change, will it, will it be a change in focus because we want different KPIs and we want kind of like different channels and it's this hyper digitalization that we are seeing across the, 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 the spectrum of companies, will it be something else. So I don't know, like I really wanted to challenge like us to think, what do you think that will have the most impact on how we do things today in your views? So, so one of the things that's becoming really obvious now is recruitment is a real issue in the contact center. Some of that is because actually coming out of the pandemic, a lot of companies are going, right, we want our people back in the office. And what's yeah. actually happening is people going, do you know what? I could get a job anywhere in the country now. And if they say work from home, I, I'll, I'll go to there. So I think a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that companies need to do really is maximize what they've got in their workforce management tools to become more flexible, to adapt to the, the environment that our, our advisors want now because we've got a whole host of flexibility in, in our in our workforce management tools that we mm -hmm. don't utilize, especially in the UK. And I think I've spoken on another webinar about that is we have preferences and, you know, all of the, you know, all of the things that aren't utilized. And Alec, you can test a testament to this around Verant and stuff like that. There's so much flexibility we can offer. But I think one of the things is being brave as an organization around how do we utilize and maximize what we've got already. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on, 
hybrid working is a is a big thing and working from home is a massive thing it's not going to go away so how mm. do organizations adapt and be more flexible in the way that they plan now and I, i've again i've talked about this numerous times around rotational shift patterns seems to be the uk's favorite way of scheduling and whenever there's a a shift review in most places and organizations it's like well let's just change those rotational shift patterns and i'm like Problem oh solved. my god wow <laughs> that's that's thinking creatively you've got this really powerful tool where you can put people's preferences you can you know you can link their performance to give them the to the shift patterns that they want you can be more dynamic etc and we're not doing it we're not brave enough so I don't, you know, some of the technology is fantastic, but we're not utilizing it. So for me, some of this has got it. When Alec was talking about the, the fact that this is both an art and a science, and you know, there's there's technical element, there's, there's parts of this where it's a human element where organizations need to be braver and really think about how they engage their people through the technology and then feed it into the technology so that for me the future is about organizations being braver and using the system to the maximum that they possibly can around this hybrid working and home working because it's not going away and it is the best thing that's happened in planning i'm talking about it for 10 15 years about home working so it's happened so let's do something creative with it right <laughs> Let's take advantage of it. Yeah, like anything exactly. you want to to add up? Yeah, I've I've got a couple of examples of of exactly what Vossi's talking about there that spring to mind as she's talking. I, I recall so a few years ago I worked as an architect for Genesis. One of the features that they were working on in their development labs at the time was based on using Oculus the. Uh, I think at Microsoft might own it now, the headset, the virtual reality. And, and I had a go on there, the Genesis Oculus mm -hmm. contact center. So you put your glasses on and you can see the business in front of you. If you want to know the AHT of an agent, you reach out and tap them. If you want to put them into a not ready state, you can slide them off to one side away from their desk. And, and no one at Genesis was actually talking about that being a, a product that they could sell. It was more of a, a demonstration of capability and vision. Mm -hmm. And that is, well, they're all things that Genesis have in buckets. And, you know, I've been working with a client lately who have a couple of thousand FTE and they struggle to even contemplate the idea of any of them working in a flexible way like they want to. And, and there's this rift between um, what, what a technology company thinks that the future is and what companies are prepared to embrace. And I think that what I try to do is, is to help them to see, it's really common that we deploy a piece of software like Verin into a company and they buy the whole thing, all the licenses for everything. And what they really want is request management. <laughs> and, oh, well, hey, you bought request management and we'll make that work, but what about using all the other things? How about setting up a scorecard that can do some cool stuff to you? You bought the license, you may as well use it. And I reckon 20% of clients actually get that far. Um, 
and, and I think you know that it's it's kind of a matter of pride for me to try to encourage organisations to use those products to their fullest extent. Maybe it isn't particularly practical to imagine a contact centre manager wearing an Oculus headset to manage the people in their building. But it, it kind of it's it's like the extreme example that I think highlights the idea that these tools do yeah. all kinds of wonderful things, and. Be brave. Give it a try. See see if you can get yeah. some benefits from this. And the benefits mm-hmm. don't have to be more efficient or anything as kind of quantifiable as that. It might just be that some agents like working that way. They like having a, 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 a light that turns green when they do well. That is one of the learning styles that you're going to be catering for with your agents. So I think, to be honest, I've forgotten the original question. But what, that was the future, <laughs> Alex, the future. The, the future of WFM. That those features get used by people. I think it's great that the manufacturers make them. So let's encourage people to use them. Yeah, and you you said two things that really caught my attention. As bo- both of you are consultants, so you probably had your fair share of questions and fears shared by the organizations. What are what are what do you think that is the biggest fear right now in the industry? Well, the biggest fear. That's a good that they can't keep up with the demands of the agent population that the agent population are saying that i why would i come and work for you here where i can't have a flexible shift and you're not giving me mobile access to tell you that i'm going to be off sick tomorrow i want to request some holiday and why i have to come into the office and log onto my work computer to do that I'm just going to work somewhere else. Organizations are scared. Mm-hmm. Are both, they, they fear the change, but they know that they'll get left behind if they don't embrace it. And, and I would agree with that, Alec, 100%. It, it really is. It's a, attrition is a problem at the moment. Resourcing and recruitment in the UK, whatever industry is a problem. We all know that, you know, unemployment is at its lowest. You know, people people have really changed what they want to do with their life after COVID, which yeah. means that we have shortages. So that means that businesses need to be more creative. They need to be more engaging and they've got the opportunity to do that with the technology they've got. They just need to make sure that they're brave um, and try. One of the things, one of the phrases I love is fail fast, right? So yeah. what experiment, try something different. You've got it. You've got it all there. Get someone who understands the technology and get them to support you to optimize that that piece of kit that you've got that's sitting there, most probably underutilized. To pick on what you said, so uh, if I if I get it right, what you are describing is it's no, it's kind of a polarity between the employee focus versus kind of how to answer customer demand and being super customer centric, because in the end of the day, those can be very polarizing in a certain extent, because if you do everything for your customers, you might disregard a bit the employees because you, you are trying to do it. And it's kind of a moving back employee first. And then if, the, if we get the happy employees, et cetera, et cetera, then we are in, in, as an outcome getting to, to the customer. That's, that's actually interesting. And I think it's a huge advice, especially for, loads of smaller companies that are starting that are still trying to figure out, like you said, there is a, a search of resources, like what's the best strategy to scale up? I th- I really, really like that advice. And I, I wanted to continue down this path on kind of like advice and especially about fear. 
there is a huge fear about what like we kind of touched on it about what can be like a down an impact of a, down, a downturn there is a macro environment like impact that we don't even know what what kind of like how it will impact different businesses etc but w- one that i feel like it's very common apart from all of that noise is there is still loads of companies that are experiencing and testing with kind of digital channels and like they still don't know what's the right blend. Like, do I go all in on live chat? Do I go all in on like different social platforms to to kind of like support my customers? Based on your experience, do you think that, do you see an answer for what the ideal kind of channel mix is? Like, I, I think I got asked these questions multiple times as different companies asked me for a recommendation. And I always say it really depends on your customer. But like going tradition, super tradition, which is I'm just answering like, Ticket and phone. That's it. Like that's my that's my job. It's probably not ideal for your customer base. So I really wanted to get your grasp on what you think that this kind of like digitalization will, or how much it will change the way things are done today. In your in your thoughts. So it's a it's a difficult one, right? Because when chat first came about, everyone was like, right, this is a cheaper channels. We should use it because it's really efficient. You can do multiple chats at, at one point, so you get more efficiency, etc. But it was actually a, a false economy because actually chats take longer. You're not really answering the question because, you know, it's been tried and tested that multi-skilling is actually, mm-hmm. it's not a thing. You can only focus on one thing well, you know, scientists have proved that, right? So multitasking means that you do multiple things at an average, at best level, rather than at a good level. From a cost perspective for businesses, calls are shorter, quicker to the point, and you're most probably going to get a resolution quicker. But it's not the channel of choice for customers. Most customers don't want to speak to someone unless it's really complex. So although it's not a cheaper channel, it's the channel of choice chat and, st- and you know, other forms of media like that are most probably a customer centric channel. But I would say that what you need to do is you need to understand what you want to offer your customers how how customer centric are you and then the demographics or of your customer base to understand what sort of level of um omni-channel channels that you provide because Mm -hmm. that will tell you so for the likes of someone like starling i'm a starling banker it started as an app i only speak to them via their chat channel I won't use any other media because that that's pretty much all I need. I don't need to phone them. It must it have to be pretty dire for me to to actually speak to them. But that's because they're an app based company. So I've I've always interacted through my phone. So you need to know your audience. It's really 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 important. If you're a utilities company you know you're going to get a mix of households etc do you know the you know if you if you utility company company in the northwest what's the demographics of your households you know is it an older generation and therefore actually that that mix of voice to to chat would most probably be higher on the voice channel so it's knowing your customer base if you're an asos or something like that 
they're most probably on Instagram that you most probably need a way to get those messages from Instagram into your contact center. So my advice would be, you know, your know your customer, know your audience and your demographics and then choose wisely based on where you see the most impact from from their interaction. Where are you campaigning? Is it Facebook mm -hmm. because it's the over 40s? All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I like just to say something before I give the word to you, which is for everyone listening. Now it's the moment to run, pick up a piece of paper and a pen. Can go back two minutes, <laughs> write everything up. It's amazing advice. Alec, do you want to add anything to this one? Uh, only one thing, and I think, yeah, firstly, that's all, always true. Have we ever actually disagreed on a on one of these? I don't think. So. <laughs> I don't think so. yeah, it's it's really great advice, and that's exactly what people should do. And what I would say, the only thing I wanted to add was that most of the customers that I support with their deployments think that what they're doing is that but what they're really doing is that they've got 98% of people on voice and then a couple of social channels they don't really understand and just like before Varun and Genesis and IEX and everyone else are all waiting to do that for them they have ways of different types of targets different types of scheduling different approaches to forecasting they're all ready to help with all of those things and what they do is sort of just ignore it it they don't quite understand what this is how it's different whether or not people even want to use it so they look at the voice service level and don't take seriously enough any of those other channels which are legitimate ways that people are going to start contacting them more and more and i worry that that will become a problem for them and people will leave and then the mm -hmm. customers that use that software will you have less kind of influence in the, in their respective marketplaces. So I, I like to try to encourage customers to use the back office, the omni-channel, the digital and the hybrid channel planning and scheduling and reporting features of those tools, because I think it's important that they keep up. And I don't see many people doing that particularly well. Yeah. Alec, I really want to go back to you. You said before, and I wrote it, when we were speaking about the fact that most softwares are underused, and this is something that you have been debating probably your entire life. In that equation, who's there to blame, in your opinion? And who's there to blame? This was part one. Join us for part two. See you next week. Bye.